Hey there, it's the NPR Politics Podcast. I'm Tamara Keith. I cover the White House. I'm Scott Detrow. I'm covering the presidential campaign. And I'm Asma Khaled. I'm also covering the presidential campaign. And the time now is 9.19 p.m. on Saturday, February 29th, Leap Day. And in his third run for the presidency, four states into the Democratic nominating process of 2020, South Carolina has delivered former Vice President Joe Biden his first win. told you all that you could launch a candidacy. You're, you launched Bill Clinton, Barack Obama to the presidency. Now you launched our campaign on the path to defeating Donald Trump. The Associated Press has called the race for Biden. We don't know his exact margins, but they look to be very big. Scott and Asma, you are at election night parties, which is why there's a lot of conflicting music going on right now. Asma, yeah. you have been with Biden's campaign all week. How big a deal is this for him? He needed a win here. I mean, there were really serious questions about the viability of his candidacy if he did not win here. I will say, I I think this was a long-expected victory in South Carolina. He had been leading in the polls for months, but still, it was a much-needed win. You know, he compared there in that that quote we heard his candidacy to what happened here in South Carolina to Barack Obama and Bill Clinton. And I will say that's a bit of revisionist history. Both Barack Obama and Bill Clinton uh, did not struggle as much leading into South Carolina as, as Joe Biden has. Well, and then Biden turned directly from there and said, voters in Super Tuesday states, I have a message for you. Uh, It it was like he knows that this is his moment. And the question is, is this a springboard or is it a bump? I think that's the biggest challenge that Joe Biden faces. He said that tonight after he won South Carolina. And because he did so poorly in Iowa and New Hampshire in particular, he was not really able to spend the money or time in, in Super Tuesday states. And that is a direct contrast with a lot of candidates in the race, but especially his main rival at this point, Bernie Sanders. I'm traveling with the Sanders campaign. And South Carolina had really been an afterthought the last few days. He is crisscrossing the country. Uh, He was in Massachusetts and Virginia today, flies out to California for a West Coast swing tomorrow. And more importantly than that, he's been spending a lot of money in Super Tuesday. So Biden's certainly going to get some momentum, certainly going to get some press coverage. But the things working against him are, one, he hasn't put in the time in Super Tuesday. And two, there's only two full days before voting begins. So it's not like he can really ride this momentum and get a lot of media coverage and conversation. Like voting is just around the corner. And in fact, in a lot of places, already voting, early voting is a huge thing in California. Millions of people have already voted there. Asma, I want to talk about the message that Biden delivered in his victory speech tonight. It was a clear-eyed speech. It was a strong speech. It was it was a direct, not meandering speech where he did talk about his case and, and sort of laid out his vision as an alternative to Bernie Sanders. And if the Democrats want a nominee who's a Democrat... Democrat. A proud Democrat. An Obama Biden Democrat. Join us. We have the option of winning big or losing big. That's the choice. 
this was a really succinct pitch that he made that explicitly outlined for people why me? You know, why Joe Biden? And I will say it was in stark contrast to what I've seen with him on the campaign trail. Often when he's out giving a stump speech, it can be really meandering. I mean, I met voters in Iowa who came out to hear him, who told me they were turned away after listening to the speech because they just felt like uh, maybe he was too old. He just didn't seem on message. Tonight, that is not at all what we saw. We saw a pretty crisp, uh, short, I think it was about 10-minute speech that I think even more than the length was just so clear in delivering why Joe Biden? And he said that essentially, you know, he, he's a Democrat. And he said, you know, if you don't necessarily just want revolution, but you want results, pick me, pick Joe Biden. And, and I think that is a message that he needs to deliver and he needs to deliver pretty effectively. But I'm with Scott here. I, I am very leery of the idea that this bump from South Carolina can quickly be translated into 14 other states where he has not had the grassroots organizing and the infrastructure as Bernie Sanders has had in many of those states. And and before we turn further to Super Tuesday, I want to turn to another one of our colleagues. Juana Summers is over at the Tom Steyer headquarters tonight. Juana, this is not such a party, eh? It is not anymore. The mood has changed demonstrably here in the last few minutes. Tom Steyer actually just took the stage a few minutes ago, and as we and others have reported, he is ending his campaign tonight here in South Carolina. He has spent millions of dollars and many events here in the state. He staked it all on the line here, and on the state's black voters did not get the result he had hoped for. And so he's telling supporters now that he's ending his campaign. He uh, just came out, and people were cheering, saying, we love you, Tom, clapping for him. They, they're sad to see him go. But I said, if I didn't see a path to winning, that I'd suspend my campaign. And honestly, I can't see a path where I can win the presidency. So am I gonna continue to work on every single one of these issues? Yes, of course I am, because I've never stopped. That's what I'm here for. This is the Wanna? point of the podcast where we play Bye Bye Bye. I would like to make an argument to play another song, Tam, and I think Wanna knows what I'm talking about. I don't know if we can say that name of that song on this podcast. If you remember, the biggest viral moment of this campaign came just last night when Tom Steyer held a Get Out the Vote concert here at Allen University in South Carolina with the rapper uh, Juvenile, and he took the stage, he danced a little bit, and I, th- I think he backed something up at the end. He backed he, he that... backed that booty up. Backed that booty. Backed that behind <laughs> right up. Okay, but so, because this is the end of his campaign, Juana, what was he trying to do? He staked his campaign on this state's black voters. He felt a strong argument that the black community has been the moral core of this country for so long, and so that's where he focused his attention, his money, his time. He spent more days on the road in this state than any other candidate, which is pretty incredible. He went to small towns, big cities, spent a lot of investment here talking about racial justice, environmental justice, reparations, the need to fund the country's historically black colleges and universities, yet was not able to chip away at the state that, as Asma and others have reported, has been such a firewall for former Vice President Joe Biden. All right, uh, we're going to let you get back to reporting and, and listening to to that speech where he's dropping out. Um, but Juana, thanks for dropping into the pod. Thanks, y'all. And the rest of us are going to take a quick break. And when we get back, what this all means for the 15 contests coming up in just three days. Hi, this is Felix Contreras from NPR Music's Alt Latino Podcast. 
As part of our Black History Month coverage, we take a look at the Afro-Latin roots of reggaeton and its rise over the last decade to become one of the most listened-to musical genres on the planet. To check it out, download Alt Latino from wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. And billionaire Tom Steyer dropped out of the race. There are a lot of other candidates who, like Steyer, did not perform particularly well in South Carolina. But the rest of them are still in and all still uh, sort of laying claim to the title of alternative to Bernie Sanders. Is that right? Well, I think it'll be pretty hard for former South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg and Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar in particular to make that argument given the strength of Biden's win tonight and given the fact that after their strong performances in Iowa and New Hampshire, they've really faded a lot and that kind of tracked what we saw all along that that both of them had a hard time connecting with with voters of color. Klobuchar and Buttigieg have been doing a lot of campaigning across the, all the states that are that are voting on Tuesday, but I think it's a tough argument for them. I think it also raises a lot of questions about what the path is for former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg. But Asma and Tam, I feel like you would agree that that the the window for Bloomberg and the reason he was picking up steam in recent months was a fading Joe Biden. And if Joe Biden won so big in South Carolina tonight, even with all those challenges on Super Tuesday that we've been talking about, it feels like there's there's less of an argument for Mike Bloomberg, right? That is the argument that two senior Obama advisors were making on TV tonight, David Pluff and David Axelrod, who essentially, you know, argued that if that was the, the vision that Bloomberg had was a potential Biden collapse, that that has not happened. Um, I would imagine that there's going to be added pressure on Michael Bloomberg over the next couple of days to figure things out. But I think to some degree, he, he's invested in a lot of these Super Tuesday states. And, I you know, I, I will say, I don't hear that much willingness to fall out of the race from any of the candidates at this point. The Buttigieg campaign feels like they need to stay in to uh, apparently stop Bernie Sanders from claiming the nomination. And they feel like that's the best path is to remain in this. They feel um, that they have a strategy to accruing delegates in a number of congressional districts across various Super Tuesday states. And, you know, I will say it'll be interesting to see, though, what happens, I think, after Super Tuesday. Maybe that's when we'll have a slightly clearer vision of where this race is. The big question is, by that point, will Bernie Sanders have really accrued just an insurmountable lead with delegates? I mean, the other thing that was really interesting to me is we actually heard from a Biden campaign spokesperson who said that, quote, if you are a candidate and you have not shown that you can get traction with the core of the Democratic Party, with African-American voters, then you have to take a hard look at your path and what your goals are. To me, that was a rather stunning, even if it was not direct, uh, indication of who should get out of this race. I think it's pretty clear that that side, I was aimed at several of the candidates still in the race. You know, Scott, one thing that just really gets me with this with this campaign this year is Every night has been, every time people have voted has been a really big night and has been a major twist in the story. It's like oh, it yeah. keeps changing. And tonight was no different. And and then we're going to head into Super Tuesday. We could emerge from Super Tuesday with yet another story. And this answer for me is going to be really impassioned and patriotic because my favorite song on the Sanders playlist is now playing behind me. And that is Simon and Garfunkel's America. So just, this is going to be wistful, okay? <laughs> Go for it. Look, and I think that's one of the one of the things that we've been really dwelling on for more than a year as we've looked at this primary schedule is that South Carolina slingshot, right? So it's Saturday, South Carolina's voted 
You've got Sunday and Monday to digest this result, and then Tuesday it's a national race. We have seen so many uh, moments so far where voters reacted to something that happened just before voting. Amy Klobuchar's strong performance before the, the New Hampshire primary in that debate. She gets a big surge. Joe Biden getting that endorsement from Jim Clyburn. He gets a, a big surge in stabilization. There's not much time for that here, and that's one of the things I'm really curious about. And with Bernie Sanders, who I've been focused on lately, his campaign all along has been focused on these March 3rd states. He's spent a lot of time in Texas, a lot of time in California. The campaign feels like they could they could win both those states and that not many other candidates would be above that 15 percent threshold, which means they could get a ton of delegates from those two states. And if that does, in fact, happen, it's really tough for anybody to catch Sanders over the next few weeks uh, and We'll have an answer to that soon because you've got March 10th and March 17th, big clumps of states voting. And then after that, it really starts to drop off. You have more contests where it's just, you know, a handful of states voting at a time. Though I will say that uh, with vote by mail in California, I mean, unless Bernie Sanders wins really, really big, we could be still waiting to see what the delegates are coming out of various congressional districts. Oh, yeah. We'll be waiting for a while. We'll get a, a general sense of the statewide totals, uh, but we'll be waiting a while. And the other thing that, that's worth pointing out is that people in California have been voting since the Iowa caucuses by mail. And you've probably already had way more people in California send their ballots in than have voted in all the first four early states combined. All right. Well, I think we're going to leave it here for tonight. I know Asma, um, Joe Biden is getting back out on the road and you're traveling with his campaign. So yeah, he's um, headed to Alabama tonight. So I will be on a flight to catch him campaign. A lot of other candidates are going to be in Selma, Alabama as well tomorrow. And I think it's actually worth pointing out that Bernie Sanders will be, I think, the only candidate not in Selma, Alabama. We asked uh, the campaign why that was. They said they had scheduled their events in California. Sanders has participated in Selma commemorations and similar events a lot, but I think it's notable, especially given how often uh, his his supporters, his surrogates who who speak on stage before him, draw comparisons to to Martin Luther King Jr.'s movement to what Sanders is trying to do. It's pretty notable to me that he will not be in Selma. Uh, where he will be is California, Utah, Minnesota, and Vermont over the next few days, and I will have the pleasure of going to all those states as well with him quite an itinerary. Uh, we are going to leave the podcast here for tonight, but we will be back in your feeds on Monday talking about the final day of campaigning before Super Tuesday. Scott and Asma and everyone else out all over the country will be part of that pod. In the meantime, we've got way more of our election coverage up on our live blog at NPR.org, so make sure to check that out. I'm Tamara Keith. I cover the White House. I'm Scott Detrow. I cover the campaign. And I'm Asma Khaled. I'm also covering the campaign. And thank you for listening to the NPR Politics podcast.